Peter Pan by James Matthew Berry Chapter 10 The Happy Home One important result of the brush with the pirates on the lagoon was that it made the redskins their friends. Peter had saved Tiger Lily from a dreadful fate. Now there was nothing she and her brave braves would not do for him. All night they sat above, keeping watch over their home under the ground, and awaiting the big attack by the pirates, which obviously could not be much longer delayed. Even by day, they hung about, smoking the pipe of peace, and looking almost as if they wanted tidbits to eat. Well, that's interesting, the pipe of peace. That's what they decided to call it. They called Peter the Great White Father, prostrating themselves, lying down before him, and he liked this tremendously, so that it was not really good for him. The Great White Father, he would say to them in a very lordly manner, as they groveled at his feet, is glad to see the Picanini warriors protecting his wigwam from the pirates. Well, you know, I heard this in a podcast sometime before. When someone starts referring to themselves in the third person, that's that's when they cross a level of craziness that becomes a bit uncomfortable. Well, like if I'd start saying, well, Paris is upset now or Paris is having a great time, that would definitely be weird. Well, for me, it would. Me, Tiger Lily, that lovely creature, would reply, Peter Pan save me, me his fairly nice friend. Me no let pirates hurt him. Remember, this is a book that is a product of its times. She was far too pretty to cringe in this way, but Peter thought it was his due, and he would answer condescendingly, It is good, Peter Pan has spoken. Always, when he said Peter Pan has spoken, it meant that they must now shut up, and they accepted it humbly in that spirit. But they were by no means so respectful to the other boys, whom they looked upon as just ordinary braves. They said, how do, to them, and things like that. And what annoyed the boys was that Peter seemed to think this is all right. This all right. Secretly, Wendy sympathized with them a little, but she was far too loyal a housewife to listen to any complaints against father. Father knows best, she always said, whatever her private opinion must be. Her private opinion was that the Redskins should not call her a squaw. You know what's interesting? This book is really driving home to kids that this is what their life should look like. This is what it, the world is like. And it's not necessarily the case that it always has to be in this way. How else would you rather have it? That's a more important question to ask kids then. Tell them this is the way that it is and this is the right way to do it. Anyway. We have now reached we have now reached the evening that was to be known among them as the Night of Nights, because of its adventure and their upshot. The day, as if quietly gathering its forces, had been almost uneventful, and now the Redskins in their blankets were at their posts above, while below the children were having their evening meal, all except Peter, 
who had gone out to get the time word all right he had gone out to get the time or get additional time or get time as a person or get won't that be fun having time walk around <laughs> just like we're always personifying death in all of these books i mean not the books i've read but on the podcast but everywhere else that would be interesting in itself wouldn't it having time personified what would that be like a person walking around always walking because if he stops or she stops or it stops well then time itself will stop what would you call time what gender would you give time does it even matter the way you got the time on the island was to find the crocodile and then stay near him till the clock struck how did it matter to peter though why did he need the time in any case it's not like he really cared <laughs> but all right an interesting way to find the time the meal happened to be a make believe tea and they sat around the board guzzling in their greed and really what would their chatter and recriminations the noise as wendy said was positively deafening to be sure she did not mind the noise but she simply would not have them grabbing things and then excusing themselves by saying that tootles had pushed their elbow there was a fixed rule that they must never hit back at meals but should refer the matter of dispute to wendy by raising the right arm politely and saying i complain of so and so but what usually happened was that they forgot to do this or did it too much silence cried wendy when for the 20th time she had told them that they were not all to speak at once is your mug empty slightly darling not quite empty mummy slightly said after looking into an imaginary mug he hasn't even begun to drink his milk nibs interposed this was telling and slightly seized his chance I complain of nibs he cried promptly John however had held up his hand first well john may i sit in peter's chair as he is not here sit in father's chair john wendy was scandalized certainly not he is not really our father john answered he didn't even know how a father does till i showed him this was grumbling we complain of john cried the twins Toodles held up his hand. He was so much the humblest of them. Indeed, he was the only humble one. That Wendy was specially gentle. That Wendy was specially gentle with him. I don't suppose Toodles said definitely, bashfully or timidly, that I could be father. No, Toodles. Once Toodles began, which was not very often, he had a silly way of going on. As I can't be father, he said heavily. I don't suppose Michael. I don't suppose, Michael, you would let me be baby. No, I won't. Michael rapped out. He was already in his basket. As I can't be baby, Toodle said, getting heavier and heavier and heavier. 
Do you think I could be a twin? No, indeed, replied the twins. It's awfully difficult to be a twin. As I can't be anything important, said Toodles. Would any of you like to see me do a trick? No, they all replied. Then at last he stopped. I hadn't really any hope, he said. The hateful telling broke out again. Slightly scuffing on the table, the twins began with cheesecakes. Curly is taking both butter and honey. Nibs is speaking with his mouth full. I complain of the twins. I complain of Curly. I complain of Nibs. Oh dear, oh dear, cried Wendy. I'm sure I sometimes think that spinsters are to be envied. There is order when Peter is there. Nobody dares speak out. That's the role of the father. That's also rather interesting because Peter demands respect. Quite like the stories of founders that demand respect and demand it and command it through fear. No? Entrepreneurs, founders. Yeah. <sighs> she told them to clear away and sat down to her work basket. A heavy load of stockings and every knee with a hole in it, as usual. Wendy remonstrated. Michael. I'm too big for a cradle. I must have somebody in a cradle, she said almost starkly. And you are the littlest. A cradle is such a nice homely thing to have about a house. <laughs> it reminds me of a story Charles Munger says of Berkshire Hathaway fame. Why do people teach finance courses the way they do in MBA classes, courses, and finance classes in general. He talks about a story of going to a dentist or an optometrist, one of these two. And he has a look at a procedure that's going on and he recognizes it to be to being a very old procedure and asks the doctor over there, why are you still doing this procedure? I mean, it's really old and you have lots of new technology and new stuff to teach. The teacher or the doctor over there replies, but oh well, it's such a marvelous surgery to teach or such a marvelous operation to teach. Why do you have a cradle in the house? Well, it's there. Because it's such a homely thing to have about a house. It doesn't serve any functional purpose. Whereas you'd think that such tools are there to serve functional purposes. Aren't tools present there to be serving functional purposes? Something to think about. While she sued, they played around her. Such a group of happy faces and dancing limbs lit up by that romantic fire. It had become a very familiar scene, this, in the home under the ground. 
but we are looking on it for the last time. There was a step above, and Wendy, you may be sure, was the first to recognize it. Children, I hear your father's step. He likes you to meet him at the door. Above, the redskins crouched before Peter. Watch well, Graves, I have spoken. And then, as so often before, the gay children dragged him from his tree, as so often before, but never again. He had brought nuts for the boys as well as the correct time for Wendy. Peter, you just spoil them, you know. Wendy simpered, had an exaggerated smile. Ah, old lady, said Peter, hanging up his gun. Why does he have a gun? And why is he hanging it up? It was me told him mothers are called old lady. It was me told him mothers are called old lady, Michael whispered to Curly. I complain of Michael, said Curly instantly. The first twin came to Peter. Father, we want to dance. Dance away, my little man, said Peter, who was in a high good humor. But we want you to dance. Peter was really the best dancer among them, but he pretended to be scandalized. Me? My old bones would rattle, and mummy too. What? cried Wendy, the mother of such an armful dance. But on a Saturday night, slightly insinuated, it was not really Saturday night. At least it may have been. For they had long lost count of the days. But always, if they wanted to do anything special, they said this was Saturday night. And then they did it. <laughs> That's the perfect way of going about it, isn't it? Well, today is a Sunday because I want it to be a Sunday, so therefore it is a Sunday. Rather magical. Of course, it's, of course it is a Saturday night, Peter, Wendy said, relenting. People of our figure, Wendy, but it is only among our own progeny, our own children. True, true. So they were told they could dance, but they must put on their nighties first. Ah, old lady, Peter set as, said aside to Wendy warming himself by the fire and looking down at her as she sat turning a heel. There is nothing more pleasant of an evening for you and me when the day's toil is over than to rest by the fire with the little ones nearby. It is sweet, Peter, isn't it? Wendy said, frightfully gratified. Peter, I think Curly has your nose. Michael takes after you. She went to him and put her hand on his shoulder. Dear Peter, she said, with such a large family, of course, I have now passed my best, but you don't want to exchange me, do you? No, Wendy. Certainly he did not want to change, but he looked at her uncomfortably, blinking, you know, like one not sure whether he was awake or asleep. Peter, what is it? I was just thinking, he said a little scared. It is only make-believe, isn't it, that I'm their father? Oh yes, Wendy said primly, fondly and properly. You see, he continued apologetically, it would make me seem so old to be their real father. But they are ours, Peters, yours and mine. But not really, Wendy, he asked anxiously. 
suggesting that he doesn't want any responsibility for whatever reason. He wants the respect that comes along with being a father, especially of young children. But he doesn't want the responsibility. That's what he's thinking about, I guess, at this moment in time. But he's worried. Very interesting. And he gives... Apology. Yeah, give an apology. He said apologetically. He doesn't want to be old. Why don't he want to be old? Interesting. Not if you don't wish it, she replied, and she distinctly heard his sigh of relief. Peter, she asked, trying to speak firmly, what are your exact feelings to me? What about the the tink Tinkerbell? What is she up to? Has she completely disappeared? Those of a devoted son, Wendy. I thought so, she said, and went and sat by herself at the extreme end of the room. You are so queer, he said frankly, puzzled. He said, frankly puzzled. And Tiger Lily is just the same. There is something she wants me to be to me, but she says it is not my mother. No, indeed. No, indeed. It is not, when he replied, with frightful emphasis. Now we know why she was prejudiced against the Redskins. Well, there is competition, and... Peter doesn't look like the faithful kind. Then what is it? It isn't for a lady to tell. Oh, very well, Peter said a little nettled. Perhaps Tinkerbell will tell me. Oh yes, Tinkerbell will tell you, Wendy retorted scornfully. She is an abandoned little creature. Here Tink, who was in her bedroom, eavesdropped, eavesdropping, Squeaked out something impudent. She says she she glories in being abandoned, Peter interpreted. He had a sudden idea. Perhaps Tink wants to be my mother. You silly ass, cried Tinkerbell in a passion. She had said it so often that Wendy needed no translation. I almost agree with her, Wendy snapped. Fancy Wendy snapping, but she had been much tried, and she little knew what was to happen before the night was out. If she had known, she would not have snapped. None of them knew. Perhaps it was best not to know. Their ignorance gave them one more glad hour, and as it was to be their last hour on the island, let us rejoice. At there were sixty glad minutes in it. They sang and danced in their nightgowns. Such a deliciously creepy, creepy song it was, in which they pretended to be frightened at their own shadows, little witting that soon, that so soon shadows would be, would close in upon them, from whom they would shrink in real fear. So uproariously gay was the dance, and how they buffeted each other, on the bed and out of it. 
It was a pillow fight rather than a dance. And when it was finished, the pillows insisted on one more bout. <laughs> one bout more. Like partners who know that they may never meet again. The stories they told before it was time for Wendy's goodnight story. Even slightly tried to tell a story that night. But the beginning was so fearfully dull that it appalled not only the others, but himself. And he said gloomily, Yes, it is a dull beginning. I say let us pretend that it is the end. Well, you needed clickbait in that time as well, it appears. Without clickbait, you cannot get people interested. And then at last, they all got into bed from Wendy's story. The story they loved the best. The story Peter hated. Usually, when she began to tell the story, he left the room or put his hand over his ears. And possibly, if he had done either of those things, this time they might all still be on the island. But tonight, he remained on his stool, and we shall see what happened. End of chapter. Well, that was fun. Gave a lot to think about. I don't have very many thoughts popping up in my mind at this moment. If you do have any, do certainly write to me. My email address is readwithme.paras at gmail.com. Paras is spelled with P-A-A-R-A-S. Have a good day. End of recording.